Hey fam, I am Eilina and this podcast is all about life. All the things we go through in life from friendship, relationships, parenthood, spirituality, you name it, I'm going to talk about it. This is about living, having the hard conversations, the easy ones, and even the annoying ones, and all the ones in between. I'm here to help you see life in new ways, to have a few laughs and share in my joyful conversations with my guests and with you. It is all about a fullness to life and humanhood and doing the best we all can along the way. We are all living life and here's how I'm doing it. Hey fam, it's Lena. Thank you so much for joining me on another episode here. I'm excited yet again to introduce you to another guest onto the show. Her name is Vryn and she is also a life coach. Now, if many of you guys have not heard, I am now a certified life coach and with that comes meeting so many new people within the industry and Vryn is one of them. So Vryn is an Enneagram coach as well as a meditation coach um, and teacher, and she is located in New York, and she's just so amazing with so much beautiful insight on self-awareness, and I'm going to let Vryn tell you guys all about what an Enneagram coach is, but I absolutely adored our conversation um, simply because her and I just align with so many of the wonderful aspects around meditation and self-awareness. I've spent so much time this year um, learning how to be more self-aware as well as taking the time to reflect on what that really means to me. And so Vrind dives so deep into this. And so um, I'm going to just jump right into it with Vrind. I am so happy that all of you guys are here with me. Let me know what you guys think of the episode. Here's Vrind. Hi, Vryn. How are you? Hi, I'm well. Good, good, good. Well, thank you so, so much for being on the show. I really appreciate your time. Um, Let's just jump right into it. Can you tell us a little bit about who you are, where you're from, kind of a little bit about what you do? Absolutely. So first of all, thank you so much for having me on your podcast. I'm so happy to be with you. Uh, as you mentioned, my name is Vryn, and I am an Enneagram coach and meditation teacher, originally from Canada, and now I live in New York, where I um, get a chance to really be in the midst of a lot of um, creative energy, <laughs> and at the same time, uh, really feel like I can try to be of service to individuals who are looking to go deeper within themselves in terms of building a very strong and healthy relationship with themselves first and then with other people as well. 
I love that. I love that. And I think, you know, a lot of the stuff that you're focused on is a lot of where I'm aligned as well. And I think that having this conversation with you is important just for me personally, um, as well as for my audience. And so I actually want to skip to a quick question below because you initially had mentioned that you're an Enneagram coach. Um, and so before we kind of dive real deep into everything, could you tell the audience a little bit about what an Enneagram coach is? Definitely, sure. So the Enneagram is a personality framework that describes nine different types of energies or lenses by which we see the world. And so we all have egos as we sometimes recognize for ourselves and oftentimes recognize when we interact with other people. And these egos are constantly looking for validation of the identities that we hold near and dear to our hearts. And so depending on the lens by which we see the world, we tend to internalize and process words actions, circumstances in very unique ways that will cause our ego to either categorize it as triggering. So that could mean a particular identity we may perceive as being called into question. And then it'll kind of sound the alarm bells and say, do something now. You know, people aren't recognizing you in a certain way or this, this isn't how you want to experience or feel or else it may also internalize some interaction or circumstances being very validating where we could experience it as being, ah, oh, I'm being seen the way I wanna be seen. And so what with the Enneagram, when we start to understand what that lens or filter is that we kind of see the world through, through our egos, we immediately start to develop greater awareness of ourselves, of other people, and the truth of the fact that what I perceive is actually a reality that is skewed. And so that helps us to develop greater compassion for others because we start to recognize that their ego lens may be different, but that they're in the same boat as me, that we all kind of see the world in a very particular type of filter. I love and that. So the- I love your explanation on this because this whole year for me has been really focused on ego, like really learning and understanding my own ego and other people's egos. Um, I initially started learning about ego through Eckhart Tolle. I don't know if you're familiar Mm. with him. Um, Yeah. And he is phenomenal in describing the difference between the ego and the self. And so I, that's just amazing, amazing stuff. Yeah. Yeah, so um, really, if perhaps this is also a question that that tends to come up and might be of interest to you and to your audience. And that is so then, okay, so if the Enneagram kind of helps us with this, then what's the practical? What's the practicality with all of this? And and to me, what the practicality, um, how it comes about really is that now we have a language to talk about those triggers and why we get triggered. Yeah. And that is huge because I can say for myself prior to coming in contact with the Enneagram and then later studying the Enneagram in greater depth, I didn't know how to actually explain certain 
feelings, certain um, internalizations that were that were happening unconsciously. And then here was this tool that kind of started to shed so much light. And then as soon as I started to see those things, one, it was freeing and at the same time, very confronting as self-awareness tends to be. Yeah, I think that's so beautiful. And, um, you know, the for 2020, for me personally, I actually had quit my job in Seattle and, and focused just solely on going to school and a little bit of freelance work. But, you know, I think so much of my time has been dedicated on really um, understanding myself on a much deeper level now that I have the time to do so. And mm. I have also recognized that this time that I have put in um, self-discovery and really understanding myself on a much deeper level, it has brought forward a lot of um, a lot of a lot of pain, but a lot of healing at the same time. But I think one of the things that I've recognized in myself is I can actually recognize in others as well who who definitely kind of need that opportunity to start self self-discovery, you know, kind of spending that time on self-discovering themselves as well. Mm. Yeah. And so I think this is such a great segue into my initial first question, which is, you know, what is important for people to understand when they're starting that process of discovering a healthy identity? The reason why I'm asking this question is I know that, you know, a lot of the work that you you do is in regards to creating a healthy identity. And so I think that this is huge for those that are listening. It's a great question. Um, <clears throat> I guess the first thought that came to me when when I when this question came up was that this word identity is one that um, that can get used very casually. And the fact is that, you know, when I think of my own identity, it's not just one thing. There are just, there's so many pieces to my identity. And there are those pieces that are perhaps more grounded in roles and responsibilities, such as I could say, I'm a mother, I'm a daughter, I'm a wife, I'm a friend. I'm a community member, uh, I'm a meditator, right? Like there are all of these kind of titles that we may uh, identify ourselves with. But alongside that, there are also, there are subtler identities that may be even more important in some ways to us than these official ones that we may offer to others when they say, oh, who are you? What do you do? You know, like I often say, I'm an Enneagram coach and I'm a meditation teacher. But to, to recognize what are those subtler identities, such as I'm a person who needs to experience my value. I, I want to I'm, be perceived. I, I want to be known as somebody who's intelligent. You know, all of these things are, are part of that piece of identity. And when it comes to really understanding and discovering what our identity is, I think there's numerous parts to that. One is to look into these subtler pieces and, and to see, okay, what are these? Because typically these are the ones that can get triggered, right? And that's, again, going back to the Enneagram, that's one of 
the biggest gifts that it offers to us that it helps us to not just identify, but then to understand, wow, when this piece of me is, is being triggered, I can show up in these ways. And so that kind of moves me to the other piece of healthy identity. Healthy identity is really when I know how to handle an experience when an identity that I hold dear is potentially being questioned or triggered and I and I can very gracefully navigate that situation so instead of potentially trying to manipulate an interaction to kind of get what I need instead I can see it for what it is and to say okay this this part of me is feeling like it's it's being called into question I have different options here I can react or else I can actually take a pause and I can perhaps ask more questions and I can really see if that my reality of feeling like this is being triggered is actually true or not. And so I think that is the integral piece of a healthy identity that I'm not constantly seeking validation from the externals, that there is a deep sense of, of knowing internally that this is who I am. I don't constantly need validation. I appreciate it. And when it comes, I can accept it with a humble heart. But at the same time, I don't need to be this trigger happy individual who's constantly trying to to get this out of others. Yeah. I, so I really want to unpack this for a second because you've said a lot of great information. And I think for me personally, what I've come to recognize when it comes to identity is so many people are really focused on putting themselves and also putting other people's in a box. So really, mm-hmm. um, you know, creating these titles for themselves, because as humans, we kind of we need the title. We want to associate it to something. Um, and from what I hear, from what I'm hearing you say is like, you know, there's there's other healthy identities even deeper than these boxes that we're kind of putting ourselves in. Um, and that's okay to have multiple different identities, um, you know, ones that are more, you know, um, that kind of fit into certain boxes and are super clear, but others that can be an identity solely just for yourself in a healthy way. Yeah, I ultimately, and, and just from my, from my own um, background and, and tradition of, of yoga culture, I can say this, that ultimately the identity that is true for all of us is that there, there are a couple of pieces there that we all want to be loved and we want to love and that we are all here to serve and then to accept service. And everything else other than that is, is, is just additional layers on top of that. And so if we can tap into that, specifically this piece about being of service, I think then all of these other pieces to our identities can can be put into the proper context. Absolutely. Because- and that's so beautiful. You, the way that you say that, that's so beautiful because I do believe that 
you know, our identity as humans is really quite simple. And I like the different layers that you've put there um, and the different aspects because it is quite simple. And, and I agree with you that service part of it, I think that that really allows people to step into their purpose into a deeper, on a deeper level when they really start understanding, um, you know, how they want to be of service to others. Yes. Yes. And, and that piece of health with respect to service is when we can do service for, for the pure love of doing service. And we're not constantly running after some recognition of it. Um, now that recognition may be needed and to some degree um, is important. I'll also say that it is. Um, but eventually as we, as we continue our journey into greater self-awareness into, into greater um, emotional and mental health, that need starts to lessen naturally. Mm -hmm. It's not something that um, is artificial or that we're trying to trying so hard to, to run after, but rather it, it just comes, it comes with maturity and it comes with realization. I love that. I love that so much. And um, that is such a perfect segue into my next question for you, which is, I'm sure what a lot of, you know, listeners are probably thinking right now is, okay, we're talking about identity and healthy identity, but how can somebody begin that process of identi identifying their core motivations, which I, you know, after reading more about you and your website, um, you know, core motivations is, is intertwined with having a healthy identity. And so what can people start to do to begin that process? Sure, um, this is actually one of the most beautiful pieces that I find about the Enneagram that in terms of a personality framework, it doesn't speak to behavior so much. It actually speaks to motivation. That those nine different energies or lenses I spoke about earlier, they're all rooted in very, very specific motivations. And so the way in which we serve and the way in which we are called to serve really, it, it, can, um, it can start off by this examination of, of these motivators that are motivations that are within us. And the way to really get to it is by deep, deep questioning, very deep questioning. And in my experience, that can definitely start by oneself, you know, whether it's through journaling or whether it's through just internal introspections, all of those things. But um, there's nothing like actually having someone like a coach um, or it can even be a family member or a good friend, but there's something there's something a little bit different with somebody more external, such as a coach or some other type of um, practitioner who can, who can glean this kind of information out of you, where they're very specifically looking to question you out of curiosity as to the why behind your answers. And as you kind of unpeel and unpeel and unpeel and go deeper into that questioning, your motivations actually start to become revealed. And so for example, um, perhaps the motivating force behind whatever you want to do could be that of um, 
looking for security, right? And, and that's a very deep need that all of us have, but perhaps for, but for some, that might be the primary drive or, or force by which they, they do everything else in their life. Or for, some, for another person, that motivation, that core need could be that of feeling strong, and so they operate and behave from that place. And so by really being able to focus in on this, it can actually reveal so much, even in terms of how we can show up and serve in the world, because there are numerous, numerous ways. There isn't, like you said, and I really appreciate, appreciated that, there isn't one box. Mm-hmm. There are so many opportunities to serve. And when we serve from a place of, alignment, then it becomes very powerful. We're not fighting against our nature, we're actually working with it. I love that you mentioned, you know, um, coaches, you know, having coaches and, and other people kind of guiding you. I agree with you that, you know, um, if somebody was truly ready on, you know, discovering themselves on a much deeper level, it's definitely possible. But I agree with you that coaches can really um, bring out those deeper questions that maybe you wouldn't be thinking about to ask yourself or, um, you know, kind of challenging your, your way of thinking around certain questions, which I know for me, sometimes when people challenge me, I get a little uncomfortable, but then after the fact, once I've been asked certain questions, especially about myself specifically, I then start to learn more about who I am. It's almost like the coach is really bringing out that deeper layer within yourself that maybe you haven't seen in maybe a really, really long time. Totally, totally. In fact, um, one of the ways in which one can describe themselves if they, if they are in the service of being a coach is to act as a mirror, right? You're just reflecting to somebody what, what they have inside of themselves. And similar to the fact that we can't see ourselves and we can't tell if, you know, our, our glasses are askew, if our hair is kind of like standing up on one end without looking in the mirror. Uh, Similarly, it's hard to do that when we're talking about internal work, we need, we need that kind of mirror. And one of the things that as a coach, um, I try so hard to do is that when someone is answering or or speaking to me, I'm also paying such close attention to see if there are potentially um, almost kind of links between what they're saying that aren't links for them in that present moment, but to bring it together and then to offer it to them. Because I think that is, that is the incredible power of having, having somebody sitting in front of you and just making these connections that we ourselves may not be able to make on our own. Absolutely. Absolutely. And Um, I'm a firm believer in coaches, uh, a firm believer in therapy and having, you know, people on your, you know, in your circle to really kind of push you and challenge you. Um, And I think a lot of the work that you're doing is so beautiful as well, because so many people 
I know personally are always looking to understand themselves on a deeper level, but then may not really know where to start or even how to start or even, you know, what kind of questions to ask themselves. And that if, you know, for those that are listening, if you've never heard of a life coach or, or a coach to kind of help you with your identity um, or, you know, even with your self-discovery, I think it's definitely something um, to look into further because it's, it's a empowering process for people that have done it in the past. Absolutely. And so a couple of things. One, you're a girl after my own heart. I totally, <laughs> I've, I've totally subscribed to coaches and therapy myself. And, and as, a, as someone who also has, I have a coach myself. Um, I see, I see the difference now between when I didn't have a coach. And now that I do have a coach, because just because I, I'm trying to help others in, in a particular way, doesn't mean that I don't need the help myself. I need it. Yes. I need it desperately. And it's, yes. it's just so important to have that support. I love that you mentioned that you also have a coach because I think that, um, you know, a, a lot of people don't know this about me right now, but I'm also working towards a life coaching certification right now. And one of the things that I have come to recognize is that there's a lot of misconceptions about life coaching or even mm. therapy, where a lot of people think that, life coaches know everything and they don't need a they don't need a coach and they don't need therapy and they don't need any of that. I think the beautiful thing about being a coach and being in a therapist and anybody who's kind of in that realm of helping others, it's, you know, we're also humans. We're also humans and we're also trying to learn and discover about ourselves. And I think our life experiences is what allows us to be that coach that therapist for other people in their journey, because we've learned so much in our own. Absolutely. Um, I'll borrow something that my husband says often, he's a coach himself. And he says, you can, you can only give what you have already realized yourself. Mm -hmm. And, and as coaches, we're not in the business of offering advice. But one thing we are in the business of is continuously working on ourselves. And, and that is what you give to somebody else. It's the work that you do yourself on yourself. Absolutely. Absolutely. So Vren, what are a couple of self-awareness techniques that you can share with people right now, if they are just starting in their personal journeys of self-discovery? So the first one I'll offer is one that my coach has offered to me and one that I'm constantly working on. And that is the power of the pause. And so what that means is um, there's this beautiful quote by Viktor Frankl, where I'll, I'll just paraphrase. He, see, he says that between stimulus and response um, lies freedom. And that freedom is the freedom of choice. And that's only possible if we can pause. And so um, a, a really easy beginning, like first step for anyone to do is even in simple conversations with a loved one. And if you can even just do this once a day, very intentionally, when they're speaking to you, just to take in what they're saying. And before you speak, just pause and just see what's what. And in that pause, you'll notice something. You'll notice what is your instinctive response to say. And then 
you can also take the opportunity to just quickly introspect and think, does that need to be said? Is there a better way to say it? Or is silence actually the best thing at this moment? Yeah, I, that is such a great tip. And I actually talk about this on another episode that's co- coming out next week with a great friend of mine. And one of the things that was mentioned was that a lot of people, I mean, majority of the people in my own life, majority of the people that I have met, they're so quick. It, you can almost see it in their eyes when you're talking to them in person that they're actually not listening with the intent of hearing what you are saying but actually listening to respond. Yes. And um, I'm one of those people. So I know (laughs) me. Yes. I I have been that person too. I I do it a lot as well. And I think the struggle with that is you're right, is not taking the time to pause and really getting out of that, that mentality, that mindset that you don't need to listen to respond. You, I feel like a lot of people, when you're listening to actually hear what they have to say, they know, they can sense that you're either listening to respond or you're actually listening to hear them, to hear what they have to say. And that pause is really what brings that shift between the two, shifting between listening to respond and listening to hear, hear, to really hear somebody. It's so true. And I, and I love that you're bringing out a very subtle point here, I think, and that is um, energetically, the other person can sense it. Mm-hmm. Yes. I know I personally can sense it. I can sense it with my own family members. And I know when I hear other people doing that or sense when people are doing that, I almost don't want to be involved in the conversation anymore. And yes. I think that this, this is huge for self-reflection. I think that having conversations and really self-reflecting on how you are having these conversations with other people, whether or not you are that person, such as you and myself, whether you're you know listening to respond or not, really just kind of take in and acknowledge whether or not you're doing it. Because then you can start to make that shift of, you know, creating that pause. It's, it's huge. And I love that tip. I love it. Um, so Vrin, why do you believe that it is so important for people to understand themselves on, on this deeper level? In my own life, I can say that there's just so many opportunities for miscommunication. <laughs> and yeah. I think that is the biggest, biggest reason. Um, and and, and this also kind of goes back to uh, the fact that the way in which we internalize information is through our senses. And the yoga text describes something really beautiful. And it's something I think about often. And, and I need to think about even more often. And that is, um, our senses are imperfect. Right. And, and I can say this very clearly, because I wear glasses, I know that my <laughs> eyes are imperfect. And <laughs> And often I have thought I have heard my name and looked to respond to only realize that somebody was talking to somebody else. So I know that my <laughs> hearing is also imperfect. And, and all of these things um, should remind us that the way in which we take in information is may not be accurate as we think so often that we, the, our perspective our opinion is so, so accurate. And doing this deeper work helps us to reveal that 
this this important point that our our reality is skewed and it's biased in a particular direction. And when we can do that and when we can own that and when we can start to bring that into the language of our communication with other people, which is something I'm really desperately trying to practice, such as saying things like, when you said this, this is what I experienced. Am I right? You know, and to be able to ask questions instead of just assuming constantly, it just makes for such freer communication where both people can actually get to the truth as opposed to two people having their own sets of truth. Yes, I I think that is so perfectly said because I know, so I'm, I'm in my early 30s and as I've grown and matured, I can see within myself how much better of a communicator I am and continuously learning how to continue to be a better communicator throughout my life. But one of the things I recognize is in the past, how terrible of a communicator I was in the past, where so much of it came from assumption and where I would get hurt feelings based off not getting clarity of a misunderstanding, a miscommunication, the, you know, the tone that maybe somebody said something in. And um, I, for me, my own personal experiences is that I'm really, um, I, I, I can get into this really bad habit where I can have a conversation with somebody and then make up stories in my own head of what they're, act, you know, what they're saying, but not really saying. Mm, yes. And um, I make up that story and sometimes it feels so, so real. And I always, always, always have to bring my back, bring myself back to reality of what they actually said versus the story I made up in my mind. Um, oh, yes. I know that, yes. And that, that I think comes from understanding myself on a much deeper level as I've grown and matured. Yeah, that's, uh, it's the only way. Otherwise, yeah. we'll, we'll just always be locked into our way of seeing and thinking, which, um, like you said, actually, I, I think you said that so well, it can be so much based on our feelings, but those feelings aren't always the entire truth. Yes, absolutely. Well, Bryn, thank you so, so much for being on the show. I've, you know, I myself have learned so much from you. Um, you know, I hope that we can continue to stay connected. And if anybody wanted to connect you, find you, follow you on social media, where can people find you? Absolutely. First of all, again, thank you so much for having me. This has been just such a rich, wonderful conversation. I, I deeply appreciate it. And uh, people can follow me if they would like on Instagram. My handle is at Illuminate, I-L-L-U-M-I-N-A-T-E dot N-Y-C, Illuminate dot N-Y-C. You can also um, find out more about um, the offerings that I, I would like to give to people and, and the way in which I'd like to serve others uh, on my website. It's the same um, name, illuminate.nyc. And then uh, also, if anybody is interested, I've um, put together... An, something else that I feel can be so helpful for people as like a good first step to developing self-awareness. And that is an intention setting template since intentions can be just so powerful. And so uh, I put that together. It just has 
kind of my own realizations and walks people through as to how you can set forth daily intentions. And um, you can find this free template. I'll, I'll give you the link and um, people can feel free to download it and hopefully it can, it can help them out. I love it. Thank you so much for offering that. That is amazing. I know I'm definitely going to take you up on that offer. I will include all of your handles and your links in the show notes so people can find you really easily. But thank you so much, Bryn, for this conversation. It has been eye-opening for myself. Um, and I really appreciate all the work that you are doing. I know that you are definitely making a difference in other people's lives and continuing to do so is a beautiful journey, I know, for you and the world. So thank you so much. Well, thank you so much and wishing you just all success and all the best on your own life coaching journey. I mean, I, I, can, o- I can only imagine how many people you'll be able to help and serve and touch. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Bryn. It was a pleasure having you on. I will chat with you soon. Perfect. Thank you. Hey fam, I hope you enjoyed that episode. I had such a great time speaking with Vren. I swear I could probably speak with her forever just about self-awareness and meditation and core beliefs. I think all of these things are so important for every single person to discover about themselves. And so I hope you got a lot out of that particular episode. If you did, I would love to hear what your thoughts were and what you got out of it. Feel free to visit me on my website, eileenac.com. Shoot me a message. Let me know what your thoughts are. I would love to hear from you. So today my reminder is to really dive deep into who you are. My suggestion would be is to think about three things that identify who you are. This lines up so much with what Bryn and I were talking about in regards to identifying our core beliefs and what our motivations are. And so I'm encouraging you to think about three things that you identify with that mean something to you. So for me, I would say the three things that I, that I identify with would be being a mother, being a life coach, and helping others. Those three things I feel align so well with who I am, and they're so meaningful and so powerful. And I think over time, those things have changed. And they've changed and shifted based on what it was that I wanted to do in life, as well as what I wanted to offer other people. And so I encourage you today to think about those three things for you. And whether or not you're in a place that those three things truly align with who you are, and if not, what are those things that need to change in order for you to get closer to what you do want to align with? I hope that helps you guys. I hope you enjoyed this episode. I look forward to chatting with you guys again next week. See you guys later. Bye.